The following talk is by Lourdes Pinto, given to the Love Crucified community on January 7 of 2021. So the title of tonight's teaching is Fear No Longer Had a Hold on Them. And it is actually the third part of the teaching we had called Christ Crusade of Victim Souls versus Satan's New World Order. So today we're actually going to go to the last part of that message from 2019 in which our Lord deals with fear. And this is the last part of that message. The Lord said to us, continue to enter through the passage I have created for you with the innocence of my little ones and receive the graces of Abba's love, protection in maintaining perfect peace and the joy of the saints who live with perfect faith and hope in the knowledge of divine love. Once my apostles received the knowledge of my death and resurrection, they lived in the power of the Holy Spirit amidst great tribulations and darkness. Fear no longer had a hold on them. It is the same for you during these times of tribulations and great darkness. My hidden martyrs of love, living in the knowledge of divine love, through the mystery of the cross, will shine like bright stars during the darkness of the great persecution. Persevere living as my hidden martyrs of the end times. So the Lord says, fear no longer had a hold on them. But that doesn't mean that we don't fear, but that our fear no longer controls us. Divine love moves us through our fear. So I want to review a few things from the first teaching, the first part of this teaching. St. John Paul II said, and it's on our path in page 409, we must be prepared to undergo great trials in the not too distant future. Trials that will require us to be ready to give up even our lives and a total gift of self to Christ and for Christ. Are we ready to give up our lives? In 2013, the Lord asked us question to us, and it's in our path on page 126. He said, 
who will remain faithful during the great and terrible persecution. The Lord through the path has been preparing us, his little mustard seed and many others throughout the world to be faithful during the great persecution that is upon us. Will we remain faithful? We must pray daily for the love that will move us to be faithful. And in 2012, the Lord said this to us, my crusade of victim souls will have to suffer greatly and be formed to perfection in love to fight this fierce battle, but know that my cross has triumphed. Are we ready to suffer greatly and remain faithful? Are we persevering in being formed by the Lord through the path to perfection in love? That is where the path takes us. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33, is a story of Jesus walking on water. The disciples are out in the water and there's a great storm and they enter great fear because they're in danger of sinking the boat and drowning. And during this terrifying time, Jesus comes walking on the water and they think it's a ghost. And they cry out in fear. And then in verse 27, Jesus speaks to them and says, take heart. It is I have no fear. And Peter, of course, answers him and says, Lord, if it is you, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, O man of little faith, why did you doubt? O man, O woman of little faith, why do you doubt? You see, fear and doubt go hand in hand. I heard a priest give a homily, and he compared this gospel to what a race car driver told him. The race car driver told him that there are 
two rules are all race car drivers follow. The first rule is this. When you're driving close to the wall, do not look at the wall or chances are you will hit it. Keep your eyes on where you want to go. The second rule is if there's a crash, don't look at the crash, but stay focused on where you want to go. When Peter looked at the storm and away from Jesus, he began to sink. We too can focus on COVID-19, the many serious world problems. In the United States, we're dealing with a new government that's about to enter January 20th. Radical, radical left government. Biden has already chosen many people for his cabinet, all radical, liberals, communists, many who are very, very anti-Christian and especially anti-Catholic. So yes, there is a lot of darkness. And in the United States, and I think worldwide, we are going to deal with religious persecution. Our religious freedom is clearly, clearly at stake. And therefore, it is very easy to focus on the crash, on the darkness, on the storms, and lose focus on Jesus and our goal. On December 27th of this year, a few weeks ago, our Lord gave me words preparing me and you for what is coming. But the words are also words of great hope. And I want you to listen carefully. Allow these words to enter profoundly in your hearts. Jesus said, my little one, my passion has begun again for my body, the church. It is a time of intense silence and suffering. My body, too, will be stripped of all her earthly glory. She, too, will be made naked before the world. Her members, that's each of us, the members of the church, living the passion as one with me, her head, will obtain my body's sanctification. Her glory will shine like the radiance of the sun through the purity of its few victims of love. 
and these few united as one in my sacrifice of love will usher in the new dawn for my church and world. Know that I have found favor with you and my little mustard seed of love crucified. Persevere in my love crucified. Therefore, the Lord is letting us know that now it is time for his body, the church, to enter her passion. And that the church will be stripped as we already see happening. Yet the Lord tells us where our eyes, like the car drivers, must be focused on the new dawn that's coming. Not on the crash, not on the storm, on the new dawn. And again, the Lord tells us he has found favor with us. That those words be our strength as they are and were to Mary. The moment our gaze turns away from Jesus, like Peter, we doubt. And the darkness seems overwhelming. Remember the teaching we had a few years ago on faith do I believe. It was three parts. And I spoke to you about the Israelites. How when they entered the great persecution and the great battle, they got so scared that in the fear they forgot. They forgot the power of God that's been with them. We had a whole retreat of love crucified on the topic of remembering. Father and Maria go through a lot of work translating these messages into Spanish so that all of you in this community have these words so that they can remain with you in your hearts. One time I asked the Lord, this was in our retreat, what is a disordered desire? And the Lord said, anything that takes your gaze from me. How focused. There are two words, really a little more, but from this message of the Lord that have been a guiding light for me these days. And I, and I really want you to take them to heart too. When the Lord tells us it is a time of intense silence and suffering. When I received this message from the Lord, what I felt in my heart was that the way we have been used to ministering now will change. And I see that already in Love Crucified. We have no longer been able to have our retreats or minister the way we were before. When Jesus entered his passion, his ministry changed. 
It was the time of intense silence so that he could enter the suffering for love, the mystery of the cross. This is the time we have now entered. It is a time of great focus for the battle has begun. Intense silence so that we can suffer well. When the race driver was asked by this priest, then why are there so many accidents? He answered, because they succumb to the temptation to look at the wall or accident. They succumb to the temptation. We too must battle the temptation to focus on the evil of our times, which will bring us to doubt who we are and to forget that God is truly with us. This week, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a consecrated woman. And she recently got COVID. And she has now been 11 days quarantined in her bedroom, unable to receive Jesus sacramentally, like many have had to do. She has an excellent doctor. And the doctor told her, after 10 days, you really can come out of quarantine if you do not have any symptoms. And she is feeling great. She's feeling strong, full of energy. She's feeling herself again. And her superior told her, you can come out after 12 days, which would have been today. So yesterday, out of nowhere, she gets a call from a woman that she knows that's also a doctor. Not her doctor, just somebody she knows. And this woman said to her, oh, I heard you got COVID. And she said, yes, but I'm doing great. It's going to be now 12 days and I can come out of quarantine. And this woman doctor said, oh, no, you have to be so careful. I recommend you stay three weeks quarantined in your bedroom, which for this consecrated woman would mean three weeks without Jesus. I'm speaking to her yesterday. And this these words really affected her and brought her to fear. And she said, Lourdes, I'm considering staying longer in my bedroom. <laughs> so we both started to talk. And it was so beautiful because she got in contact with her fear. The deepest fear in her heart was actually the fear of being rejected by her sisters when she came out of the bedroom. The fear that they would be scared to be close to her. That fear was so strong in her heart, but she was not consciously aware of it. 
that was enough to keep her in her bedroom, away from the Eucharist. That is what fear does. It paralyzes. We lose reason. We lose objectivity. We lose trust. When she came into contact with her fear, she processed it with me and she was like liberated. Fear is an oppression of Satan. And she came out today and she had a wonderful day. She went to mass and, you know, her sisters received her and it was beautiful. But what was that call she received? A temptation from Satan. And Satan is going to tempt all of us, all of us, because he knows our human condition. And all of us, all of us fear. Even our Lord feared. I've been reading the Dolores Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ a little bit every day by Anne Catherine Emmerich, ever since our Blessed Mother told us to focus and pray every day the passion in order to save souls, I really took that to heart. So every day I read a few paragraphs from this book. This is what I recently read about Jesus's own fear that he had to move through. She writes, when our Redeemer on Mount Olivet was pleased to experience and overcome the violent repugnance of human nature to suffering and death, which constitutes a portion of all sufferings, the tempter was permitted to do to him what he does to all men who desire to sacrifice themselves in a holy cause. Listen carefully, my community. Jesus Christ himself had to overcome the violent repugnance, the fear he had to suffering on that cross. And it's very clear in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. What is Jesus's prayer? Father, if you are willing, remove this chalice from me. Yet love moves him through the fear. The second part is the power of his love, his obedience, his courage to the Father. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Now, the words of St. Catherine Emmerich are important to us. She says, Satan will attack all men and women who desire to sacrifice themselves in a holy cause. That's us. That's our covenant. We have given our yes to be victim souls, one with the victim, to sacrifice ourselves in Christ crucified for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Therefore, we must expect 
temptations as Jesus got them to fear. She goes on to write how Jesus, I mean, how Satan tempted Jesus. This is important because this is also our temptation. She writes, a succession of new and terrifying visions were presented before his eyes. And that feeling of doubt and anxiety, which a man on the point of making some great sacrifice always experiences, arose in the soul of our Lord as he asked himself the tremendous question, and what good will result from this sacrifice? Jesus had to move through the feeling of doubt and anxiety. He had to move through that question. I think some of us have already had this question. And what good is this hidden life of martyrdom really doing? When I still see so many of my family members not converted. Is this really making a difference? That is a temptation to doubt. To doubt what the Lord has said to us over and over again. It is a temptation, but one that Jesus lived so that when we are tempted, we in Christ have the grace to move through it. How do we approach fear? The way the Lord taught us with the five stones. Remember, the five stones are our weapons of battle. When we are being tempted with fear and doubt because they go hand in hand, we are battling against the tempter, Satan. Therefore, we need the five stones. First, humility. Knowing our nothingness, weakness, fears, wounds, limitations, and knowing who God is, who God is, all goodness, love, power, and that he is our spouse, protector, defender, is with us. At the beginning of December, I was in Georgia and something unexpected happened. One morning, Maria came to mass and out of nowhere, she was terribly sick. I had never seen my friend so sick. Daniel, father, Julianne and I were all alarmed to see her trembling we didn't know what was wrong. Immediately, of course, we're all thinking, did she catch the COVID? Maria has asthma. So she immediately, you know, she was taking all the things she needs to be taking, the vitamin D3, all those things. But Maria wasn't improving. And I'm at her house with her. And I started to feel this fear, this anxiety 
just come over me. But the Lord is so good that he had prepared me earlier that week with words from scripture from Isaiah. It was Isaiah 41, where the Lord says, I am holding your right hand. Do not fear, for I will help you. Because of living our path immediately in Maria's house, I became aware of the level of anxiety that my heart was feeling. I didn't know, I didn't have my doctors. I'm from Miami. Nobody there seemed to have a doctor we could call, we could ask. I was at a loss in this Georgia on what to do. And I rushed out of Maria's house and went to the cabin, to the chapel. And I got on my knees, opened my Bible to Isaiah 41. And looking at the Lord, I kept praying. You are holding my right hand and Maria's. Do not fear. I am leading you. And as I repeated it like a mantra, like a prayer over and over, I entered this peace. And not only peace, I entered joy. It was this joy of this faith of believing totally God the Father's with me. He gave me this one line to help me because he knew my weakness. He knew I was going to freak out seeing my friend so sick. And he was already preparing me. And those words filled me with faith, a faith that brought me joy because, yes, God is helping us. And in that faith, I ran back to Maria's house. And I had the first thought, I'm going to call my doctor in Miami. And I called him and he gave me advice. Then the Lord guided me. I spoke to Father Jordy. We called his doctor from Miami. And she gave us wonderful advice. They both coincided. And I knew I had to take Maria to the emergency, to the hospital, because her lungs had to be x-rayed. And so there we went, but God was guiding each part, each, each place we went to. And in the hospital, I could not be with her. So I waited the whole day outside. She was inside, but I was filled all day long with joy. The joy of perfect faith that God is helping us. And that cast out all the fear. The second stone we much must approach this evil with is purity. A heart purified of self, of all our desires, plans, intentions to desire solely the cross. Simplicity is the third weapon. Believing that God conquered darkness and death through the cross. Suffering solely for love. The fourth is trust. Abandoned to the will of God, which is the mystery of the cross. And here I will give you another example. That I lived also at the beginning of 
December or the end of November when Juliana came to Miami. Juliana came to Miami to see her father who's in a nursing home. She hasn't seen her father in a year and a half. Ernie was that wonderful supportive husband who stayed with the five girls so Juliana could travel to Miami to visit. She came with the desire, a good desire, an expectation, a plan. She had a plan that she was gonna go to the nursing home. She rented her car so she could spend as much time as she could with her father. Her greatest desire was this, to embrace her father and to be embraced as his little girl by him. Her biggest desire. What happens to Juliana's desires, plans, expectations? Because of COVID, they would not allow Juliana to be in person with her dad. Therefore, the only way she could see him was they would bring him outside. He was on the inside of the fence and she was on the outside of the fence in the parking lot and could see him from a distance. That day she came to my house. I had the honor of having Juliana stay at my house. And I saw the heart of my beautiful sister and, and spiritual daughter devastated. And I said, Juliana, receive the mystery of the cross. Receive God's plan, even though it's not yours. Receive the mystery of the cross that God desires you to suffer this agony with him because this is a greater grace for your father as you, his little victim daughter, is preparing his soul for death. And Juliana, as another true mother of the cross, embraced fully the mystery of the cross, entered the participation in that agony, allowed her desires to be crucified and accepted the will of God. That is courage. That is faith. That is hope. Thank you for that witness, Juliana. Thank you. And the last stone is courage. To choose to do what is most difficult, to love. If we are oppressed in fear, we will never have the courage to be the remnant during the great persecution we are going to live. Courage is of the essence, but courage is the opposite of fear. I am going to 
Now stop tonight and I will finish this teaching next week because I think it is so important and I feel that it is a preparation for us to enter the third nail of crucifixion, which is the nail of persecution. So I thank you all for being here tonight. I love you. It's wonderful to be together with you. And I thank all of you again for your yes. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you. Thank you.